Dennis, Dennis, get over here. Dennis, did you put a lizard in Foreign Minister Gamico's jacket? No way, Mr. Nixon. No? Then who did? Melvin Laird? Maybe Henry did it. That's ridiculous. Henry knows the ramifications of this. We've been working for weeks. Bob, bring that lizard in here. Dennis, now you're going to tell us that you didn't put this lizard in the Soviet foreign minister's jacket pocket. Well? Gosh, Mr. Nixon, that's not a lizard. That there's a salamander. I've had just about enough of this. You, you go stand in the corner and think about what you've done. Okay. Dennis, why are you running in circles? Well, Mr. Nixon, there aren't any corners in this room. It's like a big circle. It's an oval, Dennis. This is the Oval Office. On January 20th, 1969, Richard Milhouse Nixon became the 37th President of the United States and took up residence at the White House at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I have asked for this television time tonight to make public a plan for peace that can end the war in Vietnam. In June 1971, Henry Mitchell, an aerospace engineer, moved his family to Washington, D.C. into a modest row house along Pennsylvania Avenue with his wife Alice and their only child, a precocious and mischief-prone boy of five named Dennis. I bet the real Davy Crockett never got in trouble for bringing a dead bird into the kitchen. By forces so random that no statistician would dare calculate the odds, the president and five-year-old Dennis would develop a thoroughly extraordinary relationship. One that some argue would change the course of American history. For BBC Radio 11's award-winning docuseries, Portraitures of Power, I'm Rebecca Baker, and this is Mr. Nixon and the Menace. Tempest of Discontent and Contrition Following his introduction to the President and the First Lady in June of 1971, Dennis became such a permanent fixture in the White House that he found himself integrated into the official tour. If you look to your left, you'll see a young boy flying a remote control airplane. Everybody stop! It was an incredibly irregular situation for the most powerful office in the free world. We'd be marching down the hall discussing the war in Vietnam or arms limitation talks with the Russians and there'd be this boy running around playing with toy soldiers and tracking in mud from the Rose Garden. The president didn't mind. Might even say he welcomed it. Mr. Secretary, why do you think Nixon was so welcoming to Dennis? Well, I uh, suppose the president saw a spark in the boy. Uh, the interactions reminded him of his own childhood. Uh, <clears throat> similarly, sitting across from a beautiful young woman like yourself uh, reminds me of uh, my own youthful escapades. Much like this reporter's patience for advances from former secretaries of state, the president's enthusiasm for Dennis would wane as time went on. Dennis's antics would finally push the president from annoyance to anger the morning Nixon returned from his historic trip to China, March 1st, 1972. How was China? Were there pandas? What'd you bring me? What'd you bring me? 
Now, before I give you these, you have to promise you absolutely will not play with them in the White House. Is this understood? Yes, I swear to Bob. Okay. These are real, authentic Chinese fireworks, given to me by Chairman Mao himself. Neato! Now I've also got a ping-pong set that... Shut us! What the heck, Bob? I said I'd swear to Bob. Dennis would receive a three-month ban from the White House for the fireworks ping-pong incident. But within a week, the First Lady was already letting Dennis back in. By continuing to come to the White House during the ban, he, uh, Dennis, was in flagrant violation of terms we had set. It would uh, be just one of many diplomatic setbacks uh, we would deal with in the spring of 1972. It was as if Dennis found himself on thin ice with the president and, rather than step lightly, decided to start a game of ice hockey. He had no sense and even less fear. During this period, the president would find himself in a sticky situation. At that time, the president was torn about whether or not to take aggressive military action against North Vietnam. Doing so could anger the Russians and jeopardize the Moscow summit, as well as stir up more anti-war protests at home. Under great pressure from the continued failure of the peace talks, the president entered the Oval Office on the afternoon of May 2nd, 1972, and found it a terrible mess. The point is, uh, Henry, if we cancel the summit or the bombing... It may not get us anything. Uh, exactly. But we've got to get some pressure on the North... Christ, what the hell? Dennis, what are all these toys doing in here? It appears to be an array of Lincoln log houses and uh, plastic cowboys. Aw, you just knocked over the post office in Cowboy Town. That's a federal offense, Mr. Nixon. You should know better. Cowboy Town. Yeah, you guys gotta play. There's the saloon, the sheriff's office, bank, general store, pinball arcade. The uh, arcade is historically inaccurate. Clean this up, Dennis. We're much too busy. Just play Cowboy Town for five minutes, and I'll clean it up and go home. Promise. No, Dennis. Come on, Mr. Nixon. You can be the sheriff. The sheriff, you say? Yeah, you're the sheriff, I'm the deputy, and Henry can be the horse. Why not the banker or the mayor? No, you're a horse. But, oh, for God's sakes, Henry, just be the horse. Fine. This feels like a flagrant act of anti-Semitism. What was that, Henry? Uh, May, clip-clop, clip-clop. Very good. So, I'm the sheriff in this here town, and I, I plan to run a tight ship. Uh, how are you looking, Deputy Dennis? I'm robbing the bank! What? The deputy can't rob the bank. I'm not a deputy. I'm a robber. Well, Henry, stop him. Get out of the way, you dumb old horse. Bang, bang! Aha! You just went right into the sheriff's office. I'm the sheriff now. Dennis, you're being ridiculous. You, you can't go from being the deputy to the robber to the sheriff. Sure I can. You work at the saloon now. You're a cook. No. People need to know if their president is a cook. Well, I am not a cook. Uh, I'd like to work at the saloon. No, you're a dumb, dead old horse. Dennis, stop these shenanigans. You, you can't change the rules willy-nilly while you're already playing the game. That, that's cheating, and it's dishonest, and I won't allow such disreputable activity in this White House. I can do whatever I want. I'm the sheriff. 
No, you can't. Now clean all this up. You can't talk. You're in jail now. Uh, Dennis. And you're a dead horse. I know I am a dead horse. There is no need to uh, belabor that point. Damn it, Dennis. You're like dealing with the North Vietnamese. There's no respect at all. You you just can't kick around the President of the United States. Now you clean this up, and that's an order. No! I'm taking my race car to the next town over. Vroom! Vroom! So race car is another anachronism. Dennis! 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 I have had just about enough. We've got North Vietnam running roughshod all over our negotiations. The State Department fighting me at each turn. It's, it's time for Dick Nixon to take some control. If you won't take down this town, I will. Time to put my foot down on the bank. Goodbye, saloon. That's the end of the arcade. <laughs> no more general store. I'm breaking up. That's right, run away. Leave old Nixon to clean up the mess, just like LBJ in Vietnam. May I uh, say, Mr. President, that uh, that was an impressive show of aggression. Was good, wasn't it? Felt damn good. Relief from the whole Vietnam mess. If only the North Vietnamese could see you like that, they wouldn't be so quick to trifle. Ha, huh, I bet. God, you know, Henry, why don't we show them? Show him the full fury of what happens when you piss around with the President of the United States. I'm tired of worrying about this Moscow summit. I don't care about the anti-war movement. Never did. Why don't we mine Haiphong Harbor and start bombing, really bombing, North Vietnam? Uh, such bold action would be fraught with risks. Oh, hell, Henry. If I worried about risks, I would have never backed Khrushchev up against a frigidaire in Moscow 12 years ago. Don't you see, Henry? Dennis is just like Le Docteau. They keep changing the rules and have no respect for what we can do. Well, that's all gonna change. We're gonna bomb the ever-living shit out of the North Vietnamese so that they'll be begging to come back to negotiations. Bob, get Laird on the phone. I've decided we're gonna bomb the sons of bitches and mine the harbor. Yes, sir, Mr. President. Very good, Mr. President. A bold decision. It's, it's just a relief, you know? We're gonna bomb them. Bomb them to hell. Gosh, now I feel like I was a bit hard on Dennis there. Don't you think, Henry? Well, I, uh, I wouldn't, uh... And Bob, after Laird, get in touch with Dennis. I, I lost my temper, and let's, let's get him some ice cream or something. Ice cream? Oh, you heard that, didn't you, you little devil? I like ice cream. I bet you do. Now, Dennis, do you know what a B-52 Stratofortress is? Like a bomber plane? Yes, yes, that's exactly right, Dennis. Well, next week, here's what we're gonna do. Six days after his outburst, the president announced the new bombing campaign, dubbed Operation Linebacker, and a shift in negotiating strategy with North Vietnam. Our uh, gamble had paid off. We were able to force the North Vietnamese back to the table. Dennis was once again a welcome guest in the Oval Office, and the President was always happy to show Dennis classified pictures of the bomber planes carrying out their missions. After the President lost his temper at Dennis, he felt bad and slowly started bringing him back into the fold. We didn't know it at the time, but 
that was the beginning of the end. Following the bombing decision, Dennis would start to tiptoe his way back into the president's good graces. People talk about Watergate, Washington Post, impeachment, but Cowboy Town, that's where it really all started. Next week in Portraitures of Power, Dennis is welcomed into Nixon's inner circle. The president would go out of his way to make Dennis feel comfortable. We'd have high-level national security meetings going on, and Dennis is in the corner eviscerating Mr. Potato Head. Leading the president to turn to him at a crucial moment. Mr. President, we need to discuss the Democratic Reagan thing. We shouldn't get involved. You can keep a secret, right, Mr. Nixon? I'll make the call. Good. Play it tough. That's the way they're going to play it. So should we. Portraitures of Power is an original production of BBC Radio 11, copyright 1990, and current subsidiary of Accelerated Investments, LLC, the sole controlling interest of AA Baseball's two-time champion, North Shore Robert Barons. Go, Robert Barons.